You're listening to Green Biz Radio, the voice of GreenBiz.com, bringing you news and analysis on business, the environment, and the bottom line. For Green Biz Radio, I'm Matthew Wheeland. You've probably seen Method Cleaners. They're on the shelves at retailers large and small, including Costco, Home Depot, and Fred Meyer. But it's almost as likely that what you've noticed is their eye-catching, unconventional-looking containers without realizing just how green the cleaners themselves are. Founded by two innovators who describe themselves as people against dirty, Method designs all of its products to meet rigorous environmental sustainability standards, both for those stylish containers and the cleaning products themselves. The company maintains dueling lists of clean and dirty ingredients to guide their development, and will work with suppliers to create brand new, environmentally friendly chemicals to keep homes clean. In the process, the company has uprooted the old ways of thinking in the $15 billion cleaning products industry. I spoke with Joshua Handy, Method's Senior Creative Director, about how being small, nimble, and always keeping an eye on sustainability has made the Method Method a success. Josh, thanks so much for taking the time to talk. The first question I have is is really just about the genesis of Method. Um, what did the shells of your local Safeway look like in, in 2001 when the company started? Well, I think the um, the thing that the, the founders noticed when they set about thinking about starting Method was that in many categories in, in CPG, all the competitors are uh, really closely aligned to each other. So it's almost as if everyone is just copying what everyone else is doing. And they felt that everyone was really talking about problem-solution in a really basic way. So no one was really talking about the experience of cleaning. And uh, it, it kind of seemed to them that people had been sold this bill of goods where cleaning was this terrible chore and it, re- it really didn't need to be like that. And it could be something that was actually quite pleasurable. Method products stand out immediately from when you first see them. Uh, and then as shoppers get more into it, they see or they learn about the environmental benefits. Have you seen any shift in what neighboring products look like? Is there a trend <laughs> towards a little more thoughtfulness in design of cleaning products? So one of the things we set out to do is to um, disrupt these really boring categories that we're in. So you know, the key way that we do that is we try and bring this combination of both style and substance to the categories. So the style bit um, of method is all about getting people to um, you know, to notice the, notice the products, pick them up, get engaged in them, use them, um, you know, uh, get pleasure from using them, want to use them again. The substance side of it, which is the deeper story, is all about you know how how green they are, how good for the environment they are, how they're non-toxic and don't um, you know, add toxins to your home and all that type of stuff. Now, I think what the, the genius of method is that you know we don't we don't ask people to to sacrifice to be green. You know, a lot of the green products out there they kind of either don't work as well or are very kind of, uh, they have a certain look, which I think is kind of pretty ugly. What we're trying to do is to not make people think about um, sacrificing either performance or on, um, you know, uh, how the bottles look or how the product looks to get what they want. And I think people are starting to realize that green has become more and more mainstream, that 
just being having a green product out there just kind of makes you part of the noise. You know, it's becoming, I think, more and more the price of treating to any sort of cleaning category that you have a an environmentally sensitive solution. Um, once you once you're there, then you ask yourself, well, now what? Everyone kind of you know, has similar amounts of uh, effectiveness. Everyone is kind of green. You really got to start looking at more higher order benefits in order to make your product stand out and have a really sort of sustainable competitive advantage over everyone else. So, you know, over the time, we're seeing as people enter into these categories and their own brands mature or they see method taking market share from them. They've sort of a lot of them have responded by making their products more aesthetically pleasing, you know, paying more attention to can you know, how the consumer uses and lives with the products in their home rather than just at retail or rather than just looking at the solution, the problem solution, the I've got a dirty countertop, I need to clean it. You know, so moving beyond that into more sort of experiential realm. One of the best examples, I think, of the effect that Method has had is with the, the ultra-concentrated laundry detergents, where oh, yeah. your company was the first to introduce that, and now everybody is doing it. Um, yeah, that's, that's a huge green story for us, actually. Um, we, we often talk about this. Uh, we managed to uh, move an entire category in a way that makes the category itself a far more green and sustainable part of the department or the supermarket now. As you said, we were kind of the first to introduce um, three times concentrated laundry detergent, probably I think it was back in 2004. We were quickly sort of copied by, by um, well, copied is probably a strong word, but other people moved into the space. Um, and the reason they did is because it makes so much more sense than, than what was currently on the market in the sense that the bottles become smaller, the amount of water you're shipping around the country becomes smaller, it's easier to use. The consumer finds it easier to use. There's so many wins there that translate um, from doing that, and the wins are often uh, can be thought of as environmental wins. We have a calculation somewhere which tells you the amount of plastic and the amount of water that was taken out of that whole manufacturing system um, by making that change and how that's kind of been multiplied when the really big players decided to get on board with concentration. Mm-hmm, absolutely. You've said a bunch of things that I want to touch on. Um, I think first and foremost, this idea that these innovations are just bubbling under the surface and all it takes is one company to successfully market a product like this and it takes off. What do you think is behind this receptiveness to new ideas? Is it growing environmental awareness? Is it is it something else entirely? No, no, I kind of think that the... The established players in, in these categories tend to not want to do anything. They tend to want to keep the status quo. They don't really do things like um, design very well or innovation very well on a packaging front, so they they seem to have vested interests in not doing anything. And so they, and they all sort of um, buy into this kind of group think if, you know, if one company does one thing, the other one will match it. They always think kind of incrementally in terms of their innovation rather than kind of breakthroughs. And I think that it's easy for small companies like Method to sort of enter these spaces with what might be just a, a slightly different idea. We're not really reinventing anything here, I don't think. We're really just taking a fresh look and we don't have any of the uh, encumbrances that a, you know, that, that a vertically integrated company, soap company might have with you know, uh, factories and, and raw material supplies all kind of bought in advance and unable to be changed. You know, Method doesn't own any factories and 
that isn't vertically integrated and we have lots of contract manufacturers which allows us to be very nimble and try lots of things and, and learn from our mistakes, really try and be as disruptive and, and be the alternative in these categories. What sort of tools do you find useful in designing these products? The way that Method tends to approach these things is that we have, we have two kind of starting entry points. One is through um, um, research we do with um, consumers to try and understand how they do things. Like consu- we call it consumer insight. Trying to figure out you know, what's the insight that we can leverage from what the consumer is doing to, to reinterpret a boring category or a boring product. The second thing we do is we have very, uh, very detailed uh, what we call um, dirty lists. These are ingredients and uh, materials that we're, we, we won't use in any of our products. We have a corresponding clean list, um, and a clean list on the chemical side and what we call a green card on the packaging side where we will we'll have... Um, chemicals and packaging things that we want to use and all our packaging design, all our bottles and secondary packaging like that is scored on these green, on this green card depending on you know all the different green parameters that we can think of and it gets a score which helps guide our design selection and design direction and how we're going to solve a particular problem. So we have like, all these type of checks and balances built in really early in the process that help guide our design our efforts so that it's always coming out in the right sort of way. For example, if we have um, a number of different design concepts we'll, for packaging, we'll score them using the green card, and it's difficult to argue, all things being equal, to do a, a packaging with a lower green score if there's a higher green score packaging option out there that we can use. I mean, those two things, the consumer insight thing helps inform how we approach a project and the green card and the clean and dirty list allow us to solve for that consumer insight in in an environmentally friendly way. And how green do your green products or any green products really have to be to be considered (laughs) green? I mean, you mentioned both the packaging and the contents. Is there a balance you have to strike or is it as green as possible across the board? Method is a company that believes that you can only affect change and we're about affecting change as our company mission. Only if you can do it in a for-profit sort of way. So there's definitely a commercial side to method that shouldn't be underestimated. And on the other side of it, if we can't achieve what we think is a either a high-performing green product, as in the chemical, or a high-performing green package to deliver that product, we just won't do it. So we do have minimum benchmarks that we must meet in order for a product to be considered viable for us. And an example for this is that we've just launched um, a couple months ago our toilet bowl cleaner called Little Bowl Blue. And for years, we've talked about doing a toilet bowl cleaner, but we could never do it satisfactorily because we couldn't find a chemical solution that would work for us because the chemicals in toilet bowl cleaners are really toxic. And it took us a long time to develop organic acid solutions that would work not only as good as the green players, but as good as the market-leading sort of standard players in that category. Once we'd reached that point, we were free to sort of move forward and launch that product. But it took you know, four years of development um, before we got that thing working properly. We could have launched an inferior product um, years ago, but we held off because it just wasn't going to be effective enough or it wasn't going to be green enough. Are there things that are just waiting in the wings that you're... Oh, yeah. <laughs> we have loads of things. Um, actually, when I when I come to the conference, I'll bring a bunch of um, interesting things that we've 
we've been developing internally that will kind of show how if we can't find the solution that we want, we'll start working with our suppliers, you know, that allow us to launch products that no one else has been able to do. Things like, um, I don't know how familiar you are with, with these types of products, but you can buy things in these little plastic pouches, like um, wipes for you know, cleaning your, your baby or for cleaning your counter, and they're these little kind of plastic little pouches with little fitments on them. Mm-hmm. It's a real dilemma for us because... These, these little plastic pouches are, are a really a much better ecological story than a bottle is, or, or like, a, um, like a white container, like a Clorox white container is, but they're not recyclable. And one of our requirements for method products is that they be recyclable or be able to be recycled. So it's really a conflict for us because even though they're a better environmental solution in the sense that they're, they use very little material, they use much less energy to make. Because they're not recyclable, these pouches, we could never use them. And the reason they're not recyclable is that because these, these pouches are made of uh, plastic films in multiple layers, and they have the different plastic films laminated together to make these, these layers of material, which means you can't actually recycle it because it has different materials stuck together. You, can, you can't separate them out into their constituent materials. Mm-hmm. So even though it's a really great environmental story, in some respects, it's because it's not recyclable, you can't recycle it. So what we've done is we've worked with suppliers to create this film material that's all one material. It could still be made into these pouches and printed. And it has this fitment, a plastic fitment on it that's actually the same material as the pouch, is all polypropylene, which makes it all one material, uh, which means it can be recycled. Now, they're not currently recycled in America, but in other places they are, but it's a much better solution than having something that's not recyclable. So now we have a pouch that uses very little energy and material to make and is completely recyclable. Now we just have to work on the municipal recycling depots to make sure they can recycle it, that they'll actually recycle them. So it's kind of like a progress not perfection situation but we're kind of getting there to a point where it's going to be a really great product moving from the manufacturing or or design side to more of the other end of the chain to um, shoppers and and people looking from the outside in uh, method products are designed to appeal on two levels uh, environmental level and the aesthetic level do you have a read on whether either of these two aspects is drawing shoppers in more than the other a really interesting question. Um, it's without question the aesthetic side of it is how people typically enter method products. And this is a conscious decision on behalf of method to really amp up that side of the product experience because if you look at um, the category of cleaners, of chemical cleaners, it's the, whole, the size of the entire business in the States is about a $15 billion category. But the size of green cleaners within that category is a subset it's only 1%. It's only 150 million. So if you're perceived as a green cleaner, you're immediately cutting out you know, 99% of, of people who are going to be interested in buying your product. In order for Method to be effective and really really start this revolution that we're trying to do, you've really got to appeal to the mass market in, in, in the same sort of way that every other mass market brand um, works, and that is through curbside appeal and through performance. You really can't Sit on, you know, sit on the idea that green's going to get you there. It just isn't going to work. 
it's almost like you're trying to sneak a green product into someone's shopping cart. Is that a response to this perception that green products are generally a form of suffering, that green products are, don't work quite as well as conventional products, so are they designed as a way of sort of sneaking the products in? It's kind of an interesting way of putting it. We see green as just one of the qualities of the brand. Mm-hmm. We don't see it as the defining aspect of the brand. It's, how, it's the philosophy of how method does business, but it doesn't mean that, again, it's not, we're not trying to make people feel like they have to sacrifice things to be green. You know? So it's not the be-all and end-all of method, although we're an incredibly dark green company on the inside. We try and be only light green on the outside. You can peel these layers back in method and get deeper and deeper into how we approach our products in terms of sustainability and cradle to cradle and all those sorts of things. And, and you'll, it goes right to the very core, to the very founders, our philosophies there. But you don't need to be ramming that down people's throats. You know, green is like, like quality. It's kind of one of these things that we believe should be inherent in every product out there. So we don't feel you can really hang your hat on that and compete solely on being green. It's there for people who like it, and if people just like how the products look and how they work, that's simply great for us too. Josh, thanks so much for taking the time to talk. I'm really looking forward to seeing you at the Greener by Design conference. You've been listening to Green Biz Radio. For the latest daily news on business, the environment, and the bottom line, and to sign up for our free newsletters, visit greenbiz.com.